We are back and fired up on this Wednesday morning. Another hour coming to you live about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Jessica Mendoza. <laughs> She's the hottest hitter not named Kyle Schwarber in the entire world right now. The squad is here. Marcus Spears ready to go. The football's on the way, but we begin with the fighting Phils who take a commanding 2-0 series lead in the NLCS last night behind red hot bats. And Jess, it starts with Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber, and we've seen it with game one, first pitch, and this setting the tone. Look at the pitch location. Away gets around this thing. And Philadelphia, I mean, we've talked about the fans, the craziness. They went off after this one. They've hit 14 home runs in their last four games. That's the most in any such span in baseball history. He fills up 2-0 and then Aaron Nola getting it done. Oh, and against Christian Walker, who, by the way, has owned the Phillies. A 320 average against them. Nola was on fire. Six shutout innings. He only gave up three hits, no runs, and his curveball was dirty. His ERA is under one. Then it's Schwarber again. Not a replay. Six inning. Look at the changeup, too. Merrill Kelly, his best pitch. Kyle Schwarber is on another planet right now. His third home run in two games. Right, he's on planet Reggie Jackson. He and Reggie now share the all-time lead for most postseason home runs by a left-handed hitter, and then it's Brandon Marsh. And look at this at bat. I mean, him just staying late, being able to go opposite field, really showcasing the Phillies, not just the long ball, but getting another RBI in by just good two-strike hitting. And so the Phillies continue to be about as hot as you can possibly be at exactly the right time of year. See, Bryce Harper loves it. 2-0 is the series lead after a 10-0 win in game two. 84% of teams up 2-0 in a seven-game series go on to win the series all time. And this one feels particularly one-sided. But let's talk about Schwarber. Because th this is, to say it's unexpected would be inaccurate because he's been this guy in the postseason before. But when you consider the year that he had and what he's doing now, how is he doing this? Well, especially he was hitting 160 coming into this series. And what he has done, and first of all, it's ridiculous strength. The guy can miss hit balls and still head it out of the park. And that's been the biggest thing. We talked about the pitch location. Again, Merrill Kelly lives on the edges. Here he gets a pitch a little bit up in the zone, but Greeny, it's off the end of the bat. Mm -hmm. Look at this location. I mean, you're talking inches from the end. Most dudes, they hit that weak fly ball to right field. Instead, he hits it out because of the beast that Kyle Schwarber is. Mm -hmm. Then you fast forward to the sixth inning. Look at this pitch. 88 miles an hour. This is a good changeup. That's what you want if you're Merrill Kelly. You want to locate that pitch low and away on black. But Kyle Schwarber able to get around this. Look at his front side. Flying open. His weight's on his front foot. But Greeny, even though he's beat, he's so dang strong. He's able to hit this ball out. It's not supposed to look like this, right? I mean, it's not supposed to be this kind of easy. How do you explain how the Phillies look. They're a very good team all year. Since the middle of the summer, they've probably been the best team in the sport. But how do you explain just how red hot they are right now? The approach that they had, Zach Gallen, they knew they were going to get first pitch fastball strikes. Jumped all over him. Merrill Kelly, he lives on the edges. So they had an understanding. Remember, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez, that Dodgers lineup could not do what the Phillies is doing. Mm -hmm. That's why this is some kind of magic. You even saw with Brandon Marsh. You're seeing late in count. They're being able to get base hits when you're with runners in scoring position to take advantage. They have been flat unbeatable at home. We'll see if that goes with them as they head out to Arizona. Meanwhile, 
Tonight, American League Championship Series continues. It's two games to none in favor of the Rangers, and they'll give the ball to Max Scherzer, who we haven't seen in over a month. What do we expect? You know, look for that slider, and he's not going to be able to go long. I mean, he pitched just in game 69 pitches, mm -hmm. four innings. Now, this is the weakness for the Rangers right now. They've had great starting pitching. Yes, it's nice to have the competitor. Everyone remembers Max Scherzer and what he's done in the postseason. He's not the same pitcher this season. I'm going to look early in this game for the slider. The slider has been his biggest swing and miss pitch, but against the Astros a month ago, his last start, he gave up seven earned runs and three home runs all on the slider. The Astros, the, the champs will be up very much against the ropes if they're not able to figure him out tonight. Jess, stay close. We'll have much more from you as we go. But now back to the football. Another Texas story here. Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys picking up their fourth win of the season Monday night, but it was not without some more drama, clock management, conservative strategy, all of that part of the conversation. We know about not taking a shot at the end zone in the final seconds of the first half, and that was something that even Jerry Jones on the radio said yesterday he didn't agree with. This is not an impassioned response to your question at all, but I thought we should have tried another pass in the end zone and manage uh, the clock accordingly. Do you think not doing that shows a lack of faith that Mike might have in Dak's ability to make that decision? Not at all. Not at all. No, that doesn't get that, reach that point with me at all. He's just such an excellent talker. <laughs> he just says words so you well. You like his accent. It's, it's, it's just it not, it, well, it's uh, not an impassioned <laughs> response. I all. thought the coach made a huge mistake. I'm the owner of yeah. the team, and I'm going to say that on the radio. But I want everyone to know I don't want you to make a big deal of it. I don't really mean it. By saying it's not impassioned. Marcus, if it's not impassioned, then what is it? At the, bo the bottom line of it is this. All right, let's ask you the question, the only question that really matters. We can go back and forth. Conservative, was it too conservative that night? We get it. They won the game, so all is well. Yeah. The, will the Cowboys be able to go where Jerry wants them to go with this formula, with counting on their defense, with, with making sure that no mistakes are made, with taking three sometimes when seven is a, a possibility? Will they be able to get deep in the playoffs with that formula? No, they won't be able to. And I, I don't think I don't think they believe that. I'm talking about the players and the coaching staff. Listen, this is one of those situations where you look at Mike McCarthy and we all had these conversations leading into the season. And I was like, this is going to be more about situational football. I thought Dallas would be a lot more explosive than they've been, quite frankly, for the majority of the season. Remember, a lot of those games early was a lot of defense. You had special teams plays in there. It was short fields. You didn't have to drive the length of the football field as much as you've had to do against San Francisco and in this game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And quite frankly, this has not been an explosive offense. The, the, the plays that have been explosive are the ones that's improv. The ones yep. that that Dak Prescott is being a playmaker and getting the ball to Tony Pollard. We don't see a lot of dial up of big plays over the over your head, over the top. Those are not happening for the Dallas Cowboys right now. And that is an issue because we can all sit here and talk about, well, you play a brand of football week in and week out. And yes, you do what you have to do to win the game. But we all know there's going to come a time when this offense is going to have to be explosive. They are going to need three or four drives 
where you hit a 30 to 40 yard pass and you can go 75 to 80 yards in order to score a touchdown or even get a game winning field goal that's going to require you to do that with a limited amount of time. So right now, this is not the formula you can use to win <laughs> so, a Super Bowl, but it is the formula you can use to close out games uh, potentially and, during the season. In Mike McCarthy's defense, they did scheme up one deep shot that bounced off Michael Gallup's chest Thank and you. Dak hit him on the, on the money. Right. But the fact of the matter is, he's not – the only big plays they're having is – out of structure things that Dak is creating or Tony Pollard is producing out of nowhere. I do think that it's right in the way that we describe this is when teams play not to lose, that's fine because you're relying on a bad team making mistakes. Their big touchdown to Dak Prescott on his run was because two people ran with the pitchman. That's bad teams making mistakes. In the playoffs, you're not going to play bad teams. Mm -hmm. They're not going to make mistakes. Right, you're going to have to take it from them. And we've seen it year after year. The, the, the um, 14 teams that have been in the Super Bowl the last seven years all have averaged over 27 points a game. This, as much as defense is on the rise, it still seems to me that you're going to have to win a Super Bowl with offense. All right, Mike McCarthy, after the season, you know, he, fi he fires his OC, decides I'm going to be the guy. He's going to come in and do it his way. Since he's done it his way, he talked about being conservative, running the football more. They have changed, right? Time of possession for them is four, four minutes more than they've had in the season. Play differential is plus 45. So he's getting the things he wants. Some other really good things that happen, uh, you talk about receiver, like Brandon Cooks got alive, right? I think that they were four yeah. for four. CeeDee Lamb became the one that you expected, mm -hmm. right? They couldn't run the ball, but they didn't get away from the run game. Their, their run-pass their, their run ratio was almost 50-50. So a lot of things that people are criticizing for Mike McCarthy is what he wants to do. And explosive plays will come. You talked about Gallup dropping the ball. Like, those shot plays aren't always going to hit. But if they hit, they totally change this conversation. One other thing I would say is, like, we play the game is everyone's relying on each other. And the point I would make to support you is, yeah, here's the drop there. We had that issue. That was a problem. Mm -hmm. Great throw. But the point I would make to support you is if this team really thinks they're a defensive team, what you don't want to do is go be aggressive and have two incompletions on first and second right. down and then go three and out and put the D back on the field. It's that's not right. how I would but, play, but that's the, so that's the It's that's interesting the you say that because earlier, I believe in the offseason, or, or like first, second week of the season, Mike McCarthy says we know the strength of the team is the defense. So the question of is this a matter of you don't have faith in your quarterback and Jerry's like, no, 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 no. What we have seen from this team over the years and what we see right now is they don't – Mike McCarthy coaches sometimes like he's trying to mitigate disaster. And you see in Buffalo, Baltimore, Philly, you could say whatever you want about those quarterbacks, but those coaches trust their guys. They're like, we will ride Josh Allen. We will ride the wave. And I'm not comparing the two quarterback skill set, but just from a, a, a faith in that player mm -hmm. standpoint. Now, Dak Prescott right now is averaging 10.1 yards per completion. You're like, oh, okay. Zach Wilson – 10 yards. They are practically the same. And when you are compared with Zach Wilson right now, that's not a good thing. And I understand that this is one game, but it's about sustainability and what they said about what this offense would be in the offseason. Aggressive. I'll pretend I didn't hear the Zach Wilson comparison, but very quickly. You made a magnificent, a magnificent analogy earlier this morning for those who weren't with us to going to a very fancy, the Cowboys offense is like a super fancy French restaurant where everything is magnificent, and then when they bring you the portion, it's, it's too small. So my question to you is, if you go to that restaurant that the Dallas Cowboys have and you say, tonight, I need steak and potatoes, do they have it? Are they capable well, of bringing you steak and potatoes saw, if you want it? We saw, because what was the question? Will Dak ever use his legs again? 
Will they actually remember that C.D. Lamb is a part of this team? Brandon Cooks, always 1,000 yards, every team he's been on, and somehow they forget he's there. We saw flashes of that against yes. the Chargers. So it is 100% possible. It is just, you don't see it enough, in my opinion. Marcus, final word. Yeah, listen, the reality is this, y'all. Like, this game could have very well have been won by the L.A. Chargers. They missed opportunities because of Justin Herbert not being able to connect with Keenan Allen. This game was much, much more uncomfortable than people make it. Like, the mm. three points that Mike McCarthy took ended up being the difference. But the reality is, when you step back into the office and when you step back into meetings after this game, the Los Angeles Chargers didn't play well and they still had a chance to win this game. Mm -hmm. You are going to have to be more explosive offensively. That is the reality of the NFL that we're in right now. So the question we're trying to figure out with Dallas is, can they be? The one time they needed to be against the San Francisco 49ers, they were not able to be. And that's mm -hmm. a really good defense, so I want to get a 49ers credit. This game, you put up 20 points against a bad secondary, and you walk away with a win, so everybody is fine. Yeah, Brandon Cooks caught passes. Yeah, C.D. Lamb caught passes. Everybody catches passes on the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Here's the thing we're trying to figure out. Dallas. Can you be explosive enough when you need to be in order to win games when those type of games pre present themselves? And they do have those type of games on their schedule coming up. So we'll find out. You win, everything is kind of tapered down and, 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 and everybody is okay with some yeah. things that transpired. This wasn't enough against the Chargers, I'm telling y'all. As Kmart said, it was the, 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 the portions were just too small. It's, it's not a cake. It's just a cookie. <laughs> As we continue in a moment, it is the NFL game of the year so far Sunday night. And it features two former Alabama quarterback teammates. So who's the better QB? Is it Tua or Jalen? We're talking about it next. Plus, did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday? You're telling me it's not humanly possible? That's not a problem because I'm telling you he's not human. He's Aaron. And I'll explain exactly what's going to happen as we continue. It's Get Up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Our next game is called Either Or, and Jeff, I will begin with you. Who will have more passing touchdowns this weekend, Jordan Love or Russell Wilson? I'm going Jordan Love here. Listen, I, I think they're going to find their way. He and Matt LaFleur are going to bring this thing back together. I don't have a ton of confidence in Denver right now it, on either side of the ball, to be honest with you. So, But I think Jordan Love, they're going to start putting this thing back together. Yeah. I'm going Jordan Love. This At minimum, the Packers have the better defense uh, right. for the quarterback matchup. Neek, let's go to another. Who will have more passing yards? Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins? Oh, I got to go Purdy. I know he had a bad game, his first bad game of his career last week and still led them on a game-winning drive without a few of his best players. But I see Purdy going up against a Jefferson-less Cousins. I think Purdy puts up better numbers. Yeah, and again, call it a game-winning drive is right. The kicker misses the kick. It's not the quarterback's fault. Kmart, let's talk about the showdown. Sunday, Tua, Jalen Hurts, who you got? You know what? I'm saying Jalen Hurts, but it's not. It's pretty close, and I'm actually surprised. Um, basically because I think this 40, 49ers, the Philly Eagles front is going to give the Dolphins some trouble. If the Dolphins can protect Tua, I think it's a good game. But I think after the Jalen Hurts lost to your Jets, yeah. I think he's going to come out. They're, they're going to look to make a statement. The game is in Philly, and this is sort of the latest installment. Every, it seems like we have a new game of the year every week or so, and this is another. And that question, again, was about more touchdowns in this game between the two of them. But here's the question I think is really interesting, because these two will be tied together forever, and, right. and most people know why. Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback for Alabama. He was replaced by two at halftime of the national championship game, and the rest is history. They, they will be linked forever. So the question is... Who's better, Tua or Jalen Hurts? I asked everybody here. Answers are interesting to me. Neek, why do you say Jalen? Well, I mean, we've seen what Jalen's accomplished, and we've seen that Jalen, despite the fact that he missed a couple games last year, he doesn't have as serious an injury concern as you have with Tua. And his athleticism and running ability, again, because he doesn't have that serious injury concern, I think makes him a more dynamic quarterback. And there's certain things that happen when you get deep into the playoffs. There's a certain amount of respect that we give you and a certain amount of confidence that you add to yourself. This man played Super Bowl MVP caliber quarterback with exception of that one fumble. Like, we'd be talking about him very differently. And that's a place that Tua's never been. Like, we haven't seen him there, so he's going to have to get there before we put him on the same, at least for me, we put him on the same tier. I want to see Tua's picture once, Marcus. Why do you say Tua? Because the word right is in there. I'm thinking Mm. we're talking about this year. Mm -hmm. I didn't think we was going back throughout the history yeah, of their career. Right so right maybe now, I like who's, got, who's better? Yeah, Tua. Tua is better right now. Tua, the outside of the 
Buffalo Bills game, Tua has operated his offense as well as anybody in the NFL. And, and I get the concerns about, well, what if these things are not available? What if the first read is not there? Well, it's been there a whole hell of a lot this year. This was the quarterback that put a, put 70 on the team this year. I don't want to get that misconstrued. And we can talk about <laughs> weapons, and you can attribute that. But Jalen Hurts also has A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and the best offensive line in the NFL. Jalen Hurts right now has seven interceptions. He's not playing well. It's okay to say that. We know Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback, but he's not playing to the standard that we we think he should be playing at right now. We've talk, talked about how this offense has sputtered. You know what offense ain't sputtered in 98% of the games this year? Mm -hmm. The Miami Dolphins. The dude that's leading that offense is Tua. So right now, I'll take Tua and those weapons and what they're doing offensively over what I'll take what, what Philly is doing right now. Marcus makes some great points. I think when you look at the Dolphins, the area that you can criticize or wonder about is their schedule. When they have played a really good team, it was the Bills, and they lost. So, yes, the, the, I think if they go into Philly and beat the Eagles, I think it legitimizes not just what we think and what we hope, but it is actual proof now, like, okay, the, Eagle, the Dolphins can go on the road and beat a really good team, a team that was just in the Super Bowl. It's not just about putting up gaudy numbers in the regular season. It is about having that, that resiliency and ha having to win some those yeah. grinder games, like those bully games. Like, yeah. we've seen the Eagles do that. We've seen teams do that. The, Eagles just, the Dolphins just haven't done that yet, and if they do it, We'll talk about But I think I could make the argument that the, the, the fact that they haven't had to do it yeah. is the best argument on two aside. We are living in a moment. We talked about this on the radio yesterday. Offense is way down in the mm -hmm. NFL. Scoring is way down in the NFL. Miami has more yards in their first six games than any team in the history of the sport. Yeah. You can't play better than Tua is playing. And maybe I am just inclined to want to give him extra credit because I've been – I have questioned him from the beginning. I never – I was never convinced about Tua, and I'm wrong. Yeah. He's so accurate, it's Absolutely. ridiculous. The injury concern is always going to be there yeah. with yeah. him. If you told me right now he was going to stay healthy, my answer to this question would be Tua. That's the biggest if, right? I mean, that's, that's the biggest if of it. I'm just telling you, though, when you look at Philadelphia, and I understand their struggles, you know, Steichen moving on to Indianapolis, new offensive coordinator with, with, with Jalen Hurts, but I agree with Kimberly. They have to legitimize who they are as the It's a big game for them, much bigger than it is for the Eagles, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And when you and when you look at this Eagles offense, I will tell you, and I lived it on a sideline. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is a problem because he is a he is a two-fold player that you have to constantly now. Are you gonna are you gonna lose some battles to win the war for the Eagles? Are they gonna run him all season? No. But when it counts and you're in that red zone and you understand what they have. His ability to pull the ball down and make things happen with his legs and his physicality of getting in the end zone, that's not, you can't put Tua in that situation because of the injury concern. So you, you have to deal with a doublehead monster in the red zone. I'm telling you, in playoff games, yeah. that's what's going to separate I think teams. Marcus might be right about Tua being better at this moment. But the point that Jeff's making is huge. There are no quarterbacks in football that do not have the ability to scramble a 
run at some level. Tua has that ability, but because of his concussion concerns, they're not, no matter how important the game is, right. there will not be a zone read to Tua. Right. And that is something that every offense in modern football has. You now, we like to use the term superpower. Tua's superpower is his accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the yeah. best superpower. Yes. For a, he is ridiculously Yo, accurate. Oh. We'll see. It's a good question. Wait, I'm up against the bottom of an hour, Marcus. I'll come back to you. I promise. In the meantime, we got to talk about another quarterback here. It's the Rodgers relaunch. Is he coming back? If he does, what will it mean? Is this a playoff team? Is there better than a 0.3% chance? We're talking about it. Plus, Jeff's already handed out the pancakes. Now Swagoo will get his revenge. The quarterbacks who desperately need new security and a special surprise from Jessica along the way. On the way on ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, we are back on Get Up. Here's a brand new feature. It's called Do Know, Don't Know. If it works, it was my idea. All right, Kmart, tell me yes. one thing we do know and one thing we don't know about the Steelers. Well, we do know, Greeny, that as long as T.J. Watt is healthy, you got to watch out for the Steelers. Every year, this man, they win games just by his mere presence on the field. He's legit. I love T.J. Watt. What don't we know? Okay, I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to get out of his own head and if him and Matt Canada are going to get on the same page. This team, we don't know what to make of the Steelers. They got Mike Tomlin. He's the ultimate elixir for playoffs, but I, I don't know what this offense will look like. Okay, so that's what we do know and don't know about the Steelers. Neek, let's go to the Ravens. What do we know and don't we know about Baltimore? Uh, we know that Lamar Jackson is worth every, every penny. penny. If you've been watching the Ravens game so far this season, Lamar has been special even in that loss to the Steelers. He wasn't great in the Colts game, but that kind of leads me to the what I don't know about this team. Watching all those games, I don't know why this team is not undefeated. Really? <laughs> they, Real. they were dominating the Steelers and somehow lost that game. In the Colts game, they had a backup quarterback to play against, and they lost that game. They should be an undefeated team that we're talking about right now at the top of all of football, and I don't know why they aren't. Yeah, our FBI loves them, by the way. Jeff, what do we know and don't we know about the Detroit Lions? They're a very physical football team made in the mold of, of Dan Campbell that is explosive on offense, physical on defense. They get after people. They're going to have the best record in football. You said it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be there. You look at their schedule. They're going to make this thing happen. Uh, you got to love that part of where the Lions are. But what don't we know? about that and they handle the pressure it's going to change when they get to playoff time things get different defenses get better you play you're not going to play those the, the teams that have won three and four games the Bears twice all that 
Can they handle that pressure? And this is a team that has been untested because as Graz brought up yesterday, we haven't seen the Lions win in any generation dating back to our grand. That's right. No matter how old you are, they've been bad your whole lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Swagoo, let's go to the Jets. What do we know and don't we know about the Jets? We do know that Zach Wilson can be a solid game manager, right? And hopefully hold his team down until their defense can make plays and potentially convert you a couple of third downs. I think he's just morphed into that. The explosive Zach Wilson, I don't think we're going to see this year. But the one that can, can get some conversions, keep the ball, and play a little bit of ball control, I think he can be a game manager. But what's the, what is it we what don't, I don't know? know? Yeah. What I don't know, G, if he's going to make the critical mistake, right? Like, that's, that's, the big, that's the big catalyst for trying to figure out if your team is going to be a legitimate playoff contender or have a chance to be is if he's going to make one or two of those bonehead decisions that's going to flip the game in the other team's direction and not give his defense an opportunity to flip the game for him and his offense. So that's obviously the big question right now. Uh, by the way, did we like d d do know and don't know? Because this I was did. someone else's suggestion. But I'm going to take credit for it if we think <laughs> that like it's it. a winner. That's like just it. the way it works. That's like a good idea. When you get to be the host of the show, it's well a good done. idea. Yeah, I think so far everybody liked it. Okay, so that Zach Wilson really does become... When, when we began this season, if someone had said Zach Wilson is once again going to be one of the most important players in the entire NFL, his rise and fall is going to dictate so much, I don't think any one of us would have believed it. I certainly wouldn't have hoped that it would be true. But that does feel like where we sit. I think what Marcus said, we don't know if he's going to make the critical mistake, is an interesting way to frame it because we don't know if he's going to make the critical mistake. But what I do think we feel confident in knowing is that he's not going to make the great huge drive or big play and I think that's what they're going to need mistake-free football this is what we've been talking about I feel like for two days now mistake-free football is good and fine but in the NFL when you get to the playoffs you're going to have to take more risk and your quarterback is going to be the one to carry that risk and I think we do know that Zach Wilson is not going to be able to do that for three weeks in a row and defense is not going to be able to carry him to the Super Bowl. Kmart. But we don't, I mean, the problem with Zach Wilson is that he is an unknown still. We do know that he's going to make a mistake. We do know that. Will it be critical? Will it cost them the game? I think he, this, we've seen him. He played better against the Chiefs than I have ever seen him play. Yeah. And what we loved about that game is the fact that they let him just play. They let him just be oh, him. I'm sorry, Kimberly. He what? did play better than we ever saw him in that game, but he also made the critical mistake. At the end. So yeah, like, no, no, no. I, I, I get it. I think you have to understand that Zach Wilson, he's going to turn the ball over. Like, you got to right. go into it understanding that. But can he come? What I love about Zach Wilson right now is that he makes mistakes and still is able to come back from it, something he couldn't do before. People are raising their hand. Go ahead, Marcus. Here's the example, y'all. We just had it. Who did the Jets just beat? The Jets just beat Philly. Mm -hmm. Ain't Philly a Super Bowl contender? Yes. So, like, we got, a, we got one example yeah. of Zach Wilson not costing his football team an opportunity against a really good team. That we all think is going to be there at the end. I, I'm just, I'm, my point is, when you look at the Jets team right now, and I'm with you, Dominique, I don't think you can get into the playoffs and think that he can game manage you to a Super Bowl because of what's going on. But all of these teams that we see lined up probably outside of the Bills and the Dolphins, 
We don't think they're better than the Philadelphia Eagles. So when you think about it, if he plays mistake-free football, they legitimately have a chance to win, what's that, five out of the next seven games? Mm -hmm. And they beat the Bills earlier this year (laughs) with Zach Wilson. So I'm not saying that the New York Jets are about to set the world on fire and they're going to defense their way all the way to the Super Bowl. (laughs) What I am saying is the probability of Zach Wilson not making those critical mistakes will have them in games based on that defense against teams that should be far superior to them because he is their quarterback. The the biggest difference between Zach Wilson, you guys are talking about him in the past and now, is going to be Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, I said this on PTI yesterday, when Aaron Rodgers is on the sideline, Listen, offensive coordinators are up in a box, separated. They can talk to the quarterback on the headset. They talk to coaches. When you have a coach, which Aaron Rodgers is, on the sideline, he's not just talking to Zach Wilson. He's talking to the running backs. He's talking to the receiver. Hey, in this route combination, I want you to do this. Hey, lean in on this one extra yard and then and then make your break. Zach's going to hit you there. Hey, Zach, when you're seeing this defense spin to that, here's what they're trying to tell you. This is what you're going to see later on. It's the coach on the field that makes Zach Wilson a better football player and what's going to make their offense a better offense as the season progresses. And I get the whole we're watching Aaron Rodgers try to get healed and all that, but his his – the, the, the value that he has right now to Zach Wilson will allow the defense to play better It's because you can't just rely on four turnovers for every defense. Quick final word. Aaron Rodgers is the most important person on this team, offensively speaking, and I don't mean that lightly. No. His presence, like you're talking about, Jeff, is, is the difference. Oh, man. Yeah. It is the difference. There's no well, it's knowledgeable. Wilson. It's not just calming. It's it's knowledge that you can actually put on the field. It's not coach speak. It's I have exactly. lived this for dang near idol. 20 right. years, that, and this is what we have to see, and this is what's going to happen. A very hard thing to do is to try and develop a quarterback and win big games at the same time. That's the business they tried to get out of last year, and now, unfortunately, they find themselves back in it. Okay. Earlier this morning, we had the pancakes. Now, Swagoo. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's go. Now it is time for Swagoo's Revenge. We ain't worried about you, Swagoo. Let's get the security. Okay, let's go. Y'all need all the security. Hey, man, this is the guy that you got to protect. When are you supposed to pick up a flip? Lord have mercy, y'all. That is a travesty. You need new security. This is absolute malpractice. Call everybody. Do you know you in a football game? You need new security. Oh, that was so much fun. All right, it's called You Need New Security. Swagoo, take it. Well, they let uh, the Cincinnati Bengals at the end of the game overrun the club. They got everybody out of there, (laughs) told them cut the lights off. This is ours now. Geno Smith, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. Y'all, I tried to pick one. And everybody can talk about Geno know damn well not to take a sack in these situations. Where was he going to go? Because we just absolutely disrespected security. It didn't matter where you're going. We're going to chase you down the alley. We're going to chase you to your car. We're going to be at your house when you get there because your security don't matter. That's what the Cincinnati Bengals did to Geno Smith. Man, second, listen, Justin Herbert, all game long, you were able to avoid it, and then you wasn't. Because Michael Parsons (laughs) said, you know what? The Chargers had some pretty good security in this game. And these guys were really doing their job. But at the end of the night, what happens is when they turn the lights on in the club and they tell you last call for drinks, the security think that they can take a break. And that's what happened. They thought that it was over. They thought the club was closed and everybody's about to go home. 
Micah said, I'm still here. I'm still here, and I still got my drink in my hand on last call. Let me get some, Justin Herbert. And last but not least, Joe Burrow. Oh, Dreamon Jones no. said, look, your security is not big enough. They're oh, not strong oh, enough. Oh. You actually hired Michael Greenberg to be your security, oh, Joe Burrow, and it's oh. not going to work out for you. No, sir. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to disrespect both of y'all. Get out the club, Mike Greenberg. Get out the club, Joe Burrow. This is mine now. So you did all of that to Geno with your defense? Touche. Draymond Jones. Joe Burrow, I mean, you need new security, I mean, bro. That, that was bordering on unfair. But you know who brought a special yeah, a security today? Too. Jessica Mendoza's got one from baseball last night. Take it, Jess. Okay, this has been ridiculous. Okay. It's going all over. This is oh. 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 Receive it. on the field. Security <laughs> out of nowhere. I mean, lit up. How many pancakes? I mean, oh, Jess, three pancakes <laughs> and by a security guard. Oh. So we get we get twofold on this one right here. Swag, going. Oh, yeah. the reacts. Look at the Phillies. Hey, listen, don't the give Jeff this. <laughs> Go ahead, Jessica, go. don't give this to Jeff. This is about security. <laughs> this ain't about a pancake. That's about security. That's for it me and you. Security. Leave pancakes out of it. Yeah, yeah. It that's security worked. right there. One way or the other. He needed new security. That guy last night, and he deserved it for running out on the field. Coming up, old school Dak Monday night against the Chargers. Have the Cowboys figured something out? Dominique is going to make a point that we haven't made all week long, and he's right. And that's next. Get up on ESPN. Family time. Oh, and then we got this. Trivia. Here we go. Trivia time, Nick. Who is the career leader in rushing touchdowns among active quarterbacks? Okay. The answer is next. Bruce Arians. All right, here we go. Neek has been agonizing over this the entire break. Who is the career leader in rushing touchdowns among active quarterbacks? I think I don't think it's Lamar Jackson, which is the first name that comes to mind. Josh Allen, really good. Russell Wilson is a sneaky guy who's not nearly that athletic anymore, but's played for much longer than these other guys. Mm-hmm. Trying to read Greedy's face. I tried to read Greedy's I mean, you did. I saw you look up. He was looking up. You I'm don't want to play poker with me, my yeah, friend. I'm I got go, nothing for you. I'm going to go with Russell. Final answer? Nope. <laughs> who, would you, who is your answer? <laughs> um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is incorrect. It's Josh Allen. Oh. <laughs> you said Josh Allen it was great. Josh Allen, he had it, and he didn't have it. Josh Allen is the winner. <laughs> Hembo was excited. The, uh, the uh. mood in the room is high. Uh. Allen with 41 rushing touchdowns. You had it, yeah. and then you didn't have it. Yeah. In the meantime, I think he was trying to get you to guess Dak Prescott. Dak. A week after throwing a season-high three interceptions, played great. He played mistake-free, and the Cowboys went over the Chargers on Monday night, accounting for over 300 yards of offense and two touchdowns. And trust me, his boss was paying attention. Here was Jerry Jones on the radio. First of all, uh, we had to have his legs, and uh, we had him, and we got to that uh, uh, certainly initially was uh, a big part of that offense. I think at one time he had about 70-80% of, uh, I mean, well into the game. He was our leading rusher by margin. 
and uh, that's real important. But bottom line is, I thought it was tax best game of the year. Okay, and you know what? In the previous break, tell everybody yeah. what you just turned to me and said. We've been talking a lot about all the Mark, Mike McCarthy conservatism, but the fact of the matter is, Dak won that game. He put his team on his back, and he outplayed Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. We look back at the big plays that were made. It was Dak buying time with his legs, and not only buying time with, with his legs, making great runs for touchdowns. All the big plays that needed to be made in that game were not schemed up. There was Dak rolling around, making magic happen, and he was the difference in this game. We're not celebrating how well he played because it's not against the 49ers, I guess. Well, I, and here's the thing. Look, Micah Parsons said, well, why? how come you guys aren't all ripping Jalen Hurts the way you ripped Dak? That, that might not be reasonable. But what is reasonable, Marcus, is to say when Dak plays bad, we make a very big deal out of it. He deserves the same energy after a game that he basically won all by himself. Absolutely. This is what... You want to see, though, in those big games. We're not going to get away from it, Foxy. I'm 100% <laughs> with you, bro. Like, this is this is, this is is what Dak Prescott can do, and this is the frustration when you get to those moments that I keep mentioning. I wanted him to be more of a playmaker two weeks ago. I wanted him to know that this is what you need to do to win football games with your team currently. And I don't know what happened in his mindset. I don't know if it was a reverberation of what happened in San Francisco, knowing that he needed to do this a little bit more. Dak is a playmaker. His athletic ability was as much a part of his success in getting to $100 million as anything else. He got too far away from this, in my opinion. I've been talking about this for two weeks. Dak you still, needs you still to took become it back. a playmaker can, can just- more can we just be positive for the segment? You still yeah. took it back to the criticism of yeah. Dak. Like, he balled. He outplayed Justin Herbert, who Foxy, was the golden child we, we, for a bunch Because of... we know this. But he uh, did it. So we, we know should... this, Neither, bro. Listen, like, you, you, can't, you can't get back in the family either. You're out. I'm the only one in the family. Okay. So y'all gone. All right? You, you and Sway, y'all go down to Texas. Y'all ain't getting invited to party. I'll let y'all know how it is. All right? But don't, don't try to get back on the bandwagon now. Right. You're trying to orlosky me right now, bro. I ain't going to let it happen. Because I remember both y'all telling me, we're going to talk about his contract next year. He can't. This, this is why you t- this is why the guy's gonna make money at the end of the season because he can do things like this. He can put team on his back. He can go with Jerry said it back. He did play his best game of the year and he needed to play his best game of the year. But that's what I, that's what I expect from him. So after the game, uh, Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator, was asked about Dak running more. I love that. I loved seeing that because I felt like that is what was missing. But Schottenheimer said, yeah, it's nice that we know Dak can do that, but we won't rely on on his legs much. And, like, that's the part. It's not – there is no doubt in my mind that Dak can make plays because we have seen it. He is a very good quarterback. But when when you watch the Cowboys, this is what I mean about the small portions. It's not enough. It is, you see it in bits and moments, and I don't know what the issue is with them. I, I think there's always, there has been a fear. It has felt to me, Marcus, you watch them every snap. I don't. It has felt to me like ever since he suffered that terrible injury running with the ball, there has been a hesitancy. I don't know if it's on his part, on their part, or what it is, but that is a part of his game that they have just not utilized much, and maybe that makes sense. Do, what, yep. do we have that right? Are my eyes seeing that correctly? Your eyes are right, and it's, it's, it's bit, because Dak has told us he's healthy and he has this ability and show what he did against the Chargers, mm-hmm. obviously you want that to be a part of what you do offensively. Guys, let me remind y'all, though, 
I covered Dak when he was at Mississippi State. Yeah. Every defensive coach to a man that I talked to when we used to lead up to these games were worried about Dak's athleticism as much as they were his ability to push the ball down the field. That is the reality. And the reality is, in the games that we've seen of significant importance, this seems to always not be a part of the scenario. And I don't care, Foxy. I'm not being negative. What I am saying is, in order for you to have positive outcomes in the ones that we are going to pay attention to more than, than the others, this is going to have to be a part of what he does, bro. Cindy, can you just take camera four? Am I the only one who thinks that Dominique and or whatever camera had the two shot on the two of them? They look like security guards right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> they cut away to him, and the two of them looked like they were just blocking the room. They were just blocking the door. They were literally guys. just standing like that, like Marcus was talking, and we took a shot. Yeah, we can, and they we just looked like any, they were any type yeah. of fight. Bring a we, big boy. We ain't scared of swagger. You know what yeah. this we like? scared of swagger. You know yeah. what this we, like? Yeah. You know what this like? Yeah, because y'all know I love basketball and, and basketball. See, LeBron James, my favorite basketball player of all time. I think he the goat. But every time I see LeBron come down in possessions when he don't bully his way to the rim, <laughs> I get pissed off. Okay, <laughs> that Dak. is that is that is a part of it. And he can shoot now, but I need Dak to bully his way sometimes to the end zone, to a first down, to a critical possession. That's all. That's all. He's good. He can play quarterback. We know it. Bully your way sometimes, man. Tell, tell the coaches that. Call them up because we've seen it. We saw what happened with, against the Chargers. You saw Dak in his element. You saw all the pieces that made sense. Marcus, let him know. Do that more consistently. I feel like we are the security team right now. Yeah, right? no doubt. Like, I like being I, I a thought, part of this. I thought we were protecting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to get your whole building stolen. I'm putting you in the middle so we can keep you safe. Yeah. You are the creamy center. You're not the shell on the outside of if they're no. the security, well, I was going to ask, what Bring are we? a negotiator. I don't know. As of this moment right now, this whole thing just took a turn. I'm not, I'm not sure where it is. I thought that I was joining the security team. No. No. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You have a we, we are going to the Michelin star restaurant. That's they correct. Are the there you go. We're talking there down. All right. Hungry. Don't forget, we got lots coming your way Saturday night. UFC 294 from Abu Dhabi highlighted the main event, the much-anticipated rematch. For the lightweight belt, plus in the co-main, Kamaru Usman returns to the octagon. Main card begins 2 Eastern. Pay-per-view with the prelims at 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN+. To order the main card in English and Spanish, go to ESPNplus.com slash PPV. All right, first take coming up top of the hour. Are the Cowboys on the same level as the Eagles? Plus, Commissioner Adam Silver of the NBA will be in studio. First take, Molly, Stephen A., the Mad Dog, Swagoo, and Kmart. Top of the hour on ESPN. All right, don't miss game four. Best of five WNBA finals tonight, 8 Eastern on ESPN in the app. Liberty looking to stay alive. Vegas trying to win its second straight title. Coverage starts with WNBA countdown at 7 Eastern. Before we go, one more look. Just feast your eyes on this way back oh, Wednesday. Oh, no. The last time North Carolina was 6-0 and in college Ooh. football, that was their center. Hey, it's a look. Honestly, it's a look. No one, no one at this table has had a better glow up than our boy Doug Saturday. Honestly. That. 
<laughs> uh, who knew? Who knew? Yeah. That is, that's, that's called growth. That's a look. I love and trust Jeff Saturday, but that guy, I would not turn my back on that guy. <laughs> my wife day. has endured all of that. First so. day starting Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.